The Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter, beginning with the first verse. And as our introduction says, in John's Gospel, the miracles of Jesus are called signs because they reveal the true character of God. As such, they remain within the mystery of God and cannot be brought under human control. Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. The Gospel of the Lord. In last Sunday's extended reading from Mark, we heard the stories of Jesus feeding 5,000 with only five loaves of bread and two fish, and then how he walked on water, frightening the disciples. In Mark's version, Jesus had sent the disciples away for rest and prayer after their return from mission work throughout the land, but they were followed by great crowds of the common and the poor, hungry for justice and healing, thirsty for God's word of comfort and mercy. Mark tells us that Jesus had compassion on the crowds, so he stopped and taught. He fed them metaphorically with God's nourishing word, and then he fed them literal, literally with a little bit of food, showing the miraculous abundance of God's love, even, maybe especially, when it seems there is not enough. In today's version from John, Jesus isn't described as compassionate. Instead, he is putting his disciples to the test. He knows how much there is and how much more the abundance of God will provide. But the disciples don't. In Mark's version, they witness this great feast of plenty with more than enough to go around when they began 
with enough for only a few, and their hearts are hardened. Instead of hearts that break open to all that God provides, all that is possible with God, to seeing the divine's image in each person gathered and scattered, eating until all are full, their hearts are closed, locked against the wonders of God's action. For John, for John's writer, the disciples are just a few crayons short of a Crayola big box. They frequently, and it seems Andrew especially, don't get what's happening. They misunderstand, they fail to see what is right before them. John's story of Jesus feeding the multitude doesn't specifically name or emphasize Jesus' compassion for the crowds, but it is present in his treatment of the people as if they were members of the elite classes. Whereas we might picture today's royal meals, state dinners, and other such super fancy and formal feasts taking place around grand tables with the people seated in straight back chairs, dining on multiple courses with nearly every item on their plates having its own specially assigned piece of silverware. The rich and royal of Jesus' day reclined upon couches and cushions. They laid down to eat from low-set tables that were overflowing with dishes. A good host provides more than enough food for his guests. In our reading today, we are told, Jesus told the disciples to make the people go and sit down. But the Greek verb used that we get translated for us as sit down is inadequate because a more faithful translation of the verb and its connotation tells us Jesus actually instructed the disciples to have the crowds recline and to lie down. Jesus is setting a royal meal. And like the Lord as shepherd in Psalm 23, Jesus makes them to lie down in green pastures where there is a great deal of grass. John's story of Jesus feeding these 5,000 reminds us of Elisha, the man of God, feeding a hundred with only 20 loaves and ears of grain. In both scenarios, there are more people than there is food to feed them. And in both scenarios, God's graciousness is shown in such abundance that not only is there enough, there are leftovers. And the leftovers are plentiful. These miracles are signs that point beyond themselves and to a deeper faith. We see the miracles before us, the birth of a child, patterns of hibernation and awakening in animals, the amazing things that can be done with the human body in sports, because it's, you know, the Olympics right now, and in the arts. And there is science to help us explain some of these things, to help us get a glimpse of the divine in the ordinary and everyday miracles. But deeper still is God's self, present and active in all with an abundance of grace and mercy, even if we can't see it, even if we can't quite allow ourselves to believe. Yesterday, we celebrated the sacrament of holy baptism and welcomed Emery into the body of Christ, into a life of faith, discipleship, prayer, and mission, which trusts always in the abundance of God's grace and mercy. As our own parents and sponsors did at our baptisms, 
Emery's promise to raise her among God's faithful people, to place in her hands the scriptures, teach her the creeds, the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, to bring her to the Lord's table, and to teach her to proclaim Christ through word and deed, to care for others as fellow beloved children of God, and to work for God's justice and peace throughout the world. And as those who are present at our own baptism promised, we who were here yesterday surrounded the family and promised to love and support them as members of the family of God. Journeying through this wondrous life of faith and discipleship, which is full of divine mystery, presence, and action. What the disciples couldn't see happening before their very eyes, as Jesus prepared a royal feast for the multitudes of the poor among them, who were fed with God's abundance. And then as Jesus walked on stormy waters to the terror and amazement of those same disciples, we as the baptized, old and new alike, see anew every day. Like the disciples, sometimes we see these miracles with terror because we have hardened our hearts against the abundance of God, against the divine's presence and action in each of our lives and the lives of our neighbors. But the scriptures, the gospel, this life of faith is not one of rules confining us to a set of prescribed notions and limiting our worldviews to good, bad, or yes, no. The Gospels break open our hearts with compassion and love, setting us free to be God's people in the world and to do God's good work as faith, active in love for our neighbors, and to speak God's mercy and justice to all the world. Let our hearts be broken open daily to receive the word made flesh and set us free to follow it in love of our neighbors. Amen.